The ship lurched, throwing Reskin to the tilted planks. He twisted to the side, just missing a blade that sank deeply into the wood where his chest had been. His opponent released the trapped blade, choosing instead to attack him with fists and feet. With a malicious growl, Malsius threw himself onto the downed wraith, taking advantage of the swordmaster's misfortune, a stroke of luck he would probably never have again. Straddling the younger man's torso, Malsius reached for Reskin's throat, but the warrior was undaunted. Reskin thrust his hips upward and grasped Malsius's arm, twisting it as the man tumbled from atop him. Malsius struck the deck with his face, his arm wrenched behind him. He could not move unless he was willing to break or at least dislocate his own arm. I concede, he muttered into the grimy, salty boards. Reskin released his hold and stepped back, allowing his friend to regain his feet on his own. Malsius scowled as he rose, shaking his arm to loosen the tension. I thought I might have had you when you fell, he grumbled. Reskin shook his head and said, it is true the fates occasionally deal us an unfortunate hand, but we must learn to combat it with speed and focus. Yes, yes, speed and focus, so you have said, Malsius spat as he retrieved his sword. Pallas was fast and focused, and it did not save him. Reskin's gaze turned to the deep blue and gray waves bobbing and rolling over the distance. Smaller ripples danced across their surfaces, reminding him of the breeze blowing over the hills of golden grasses back in the land he called home. Distance-wise, Ashai was not so far from their present location, only a few weeks by ship. He would not be returning any time soon, though, and it felt so very far from where he had last fought beside Pallas. Reskin realized now that Pallas had been his friend and was the first one Reskin had lost. When he thought of the fallen hero, he felt a tightening in his chest and his stomach soured. He told himself the feelings resulted from having failed in his duty to protect his friend, but he was concerned that he was failing in other respects. He needed to be more diligent in avoiding emotional attachments. Turning back to Malsius, he said, Pallas was not fast enough. You will become faster. Then you and I, together, will reclaim our home and bring justice to Pallas's killer. Accusation was heavy in his voice as Malsius said, you told me that Pallas's killer was dead. I was speaking of Cadian, of course, Reskin replied. It was by his orders that our Ashayan brethren attacked us. They sought only to do their king's bidding. The two men were interrupted by a soft voice at the steps to the lower deck. If you gentlemen are ready, lunch is served. Thank you, Frisha, Reskin replied, turning to the young woman. Frisha nodded and then walked away without a backward glance. Noticing the awkward exchange, Malsius remarked, she is still upset over Pallas's death. It's more than that, Reskin observed. She barely speaks to me, and when she does, it is always formal and distant. She has not smiled or laughed since that day, at least not with me. Perhaps she blames you, Malsius suggested, the edge returning to his voice. I admit that I blamed you at first. Sometimes I still do, he sighed and begrudgingly added, I do realize, however, that it was my brother's choice to do what he did. He was his own man, not a child to be coddled. Reskin knew that Frisha's behavior was due to more than just Pallas's death, though. She does not blame me for killing Pallas. She blames me for killing Reskin. Malsius viewed Reskin askance. What do you mean? The Reskin she knew, he clarified, or thought she knew.
After two weeks of confinement on the ship, Frisha still had not confronted Reskin about the revelation that he was Dark Tidings, and the one referred to as the True King. Considering her generally amicable nature, her aloofness was disconcerting. Yes, it came as a shock to all of us, Malsius snapped. Even I continue to have feelings of betrayal for your deception. His eyes momentarily flashed with fury. I have explained my reasoning, Reskin replied as he wiped the sweat from his face and neck. I know, and I accept it. It does not soothe the sting, though. And for that, I am truly sorry, Malsius. I have endeavored to honor my friends, but I must also protect you. Sometimes the two goals are at odds, Reskin said. I have never met a man who works so hard to do either, Malsius replied. In truth, I never really think about how I treat my friends. Perhaps you take yourself too seriously. Reskin turned with surprise. It is rule one, Malsius. It is my purpose for being. Maybe you should just be yourself, Malsius said. Malsius's statement frustrated Reskin more than he thought it should have. Every day of his life had been spent in training to play a role, to be someone else when the need arose. He was everyone and no one. That was his role in life, yet people were constantly trying to push him into only one. It served as more proof that he needed to keep the lives of his individual personas separate. After meandering through the maze of ropes and pulleys piled on the lower deck, they ducked into the shady dining area. The mood in the mess was subdued, as usual. People sat around several tables, finishing the midday meal. Frisha steadfastly ignored Reskin as she sat beside her lifelong friend Tam. Malsius took a seat next to his sister, Sheila, across from Tyrannerius. The reluctant beginner-apprentice healer, Raylan, had been chatting quietly with journeyman Wesson. Baron Drom Nask and his son, Waylan, occupied one end of a second table. Captain Jimson, Second Lieutenant Draskin, and Sergeant Millens from the King's Army were gathered around the opposite end. Though not currently present, most of the Baron's guards had opted to stay with Reskin's entourage since they were now considered fugitives, although a couple of them had decided to return to Ashai in hopes of saving their families, knowing it was probably a lost cause. Nereus and Jabai house guards were also concerned for their families, but since their houses had been declared traitors, they felt they had no hope of saving their loved ones until they took back Ashai.